Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Veronica. Hi, my name is Veronica. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, Veronica. Hi, guys. How are you? I want to thank Michelle for asking me to share. It's an honor. Thank you. And um, I want to welcome all the newcomers. Um, Overeaters Anonymous is the only place where I've been able to abstain from bulimia. And it's the only program that's helped me with my eating disorder. So I hope that you stay because it works. It really does work. And um, I'm so grateful today. I'm so grateful for my life today. My life looks so different today um, than when before I got here. And um, I'll just share a little bit in a general way uh, what it was like and what happened, what it's like for me today. And um, let's get a little bit more. So I am the um, oldest of four girls. Both my mom and dad are from Mexico. They came out here when they were um, uh, in their 20s. They're both high school dropouts. And um, my father is 22 years senior to my mom. Um, Growing up in my household was really crowded. Uh, My mom would let all of my cousins and aunts live with us. And I really hated the fact that I had to share everything. And because I was the oldest, I had to help take care of my younger siblings. And I really didn't think it was fair for me to have all this responsibility at a young age. And I just remember um, as a child, I used food to cope with my feelings. And I used food uh, to feel good, to uh, deal with any kind of situations. And um, my mom is a really great cook and so there's always uh, a lot of good home cooking in my house and also my mom bakes really delicious carrot cake (laughs) and um, so delicious that my teachers in elementary school would pay her to bake these cakes for her and um, so you know growing up food was a big deal in my household you know it just it soothed my soul and and um, I remember that um, I I had a really hard time with um, with school because my parents, you know, they were high school dropouts, and my first language is Spanish, so I had a really hard time with school, and I was really resentful that they couldn't help me with my um, with my homework. And I just remember wishing that I had different parents, you know, and wishing that um, I had a different life, you know, and um, I was an overweight child, and um, it just, I remember at the at the dinner table, I also had two older brothers, uh, two older half-brothers that came to live with us when they were like 10 or 11, and um, they were mean, like they made fun of me all the time. We would be at the dinner table, and they would say, they would call me the garbage disposal. They would say, give it to the garbage disposal. Like, any leftover food, they would just look at me and say, give it to the garbage disposal. And I just thought that was so hurtful, you know. 
And um, I, I used to have a best friend that lived down the street. She was an only child, okay? And I loved her because her household was really quiet. And they would, they would have dinner at the same time every night. It was, like, structured, you know. And I remember one time I spent the night. I always tried spending the night over there. And uh, her mom baked cookies, and she was a flight attendant. So before she left for her trip, we had a, a jar filled with cookies. And when she came back the next day, it was, like, half, more than half was gone. And um, I remember she got yelled at for that. And I felt awful for her, you know, because we both eaten all these cookies. And um, I just felt really bad for her. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know, not my mom. My mom would, like, encourage you to eat, you know. My mom would say, oh, you're having a feeling here, eat, you know. Or, oh, you're upset, oh, here, eat, you know. Um, even till this day when I go visit my mom, like, the first thing she does is offer me food. You know, and uh, anyways, that's just that's just how my mom is. That's how she, you know, she copes with life with food. You know, so anyways, I'm an over, overweight child, and so I was okay with that up until I reached high school, and I wasn't getting any attention from the boys. You know, and I asked my mom to take me to a weight doctor, and this weight doctor gave me um, uh, diet pills. You know, that had uh, amphetamine pills, and these pills gave me a lot of energy. I loved how they made me feel, and I lost all my weight. I lost like 40 pounds, right? And um, as soon as I lost all my weight, I went back to the diet doctor, and he said, Okay, you're done. Case closed. Next, you know, and I was like, What do you mean, done? Like, how am I going to be able to maintain this weight loss, you know? And meanwhile, I'm getting all this attention from boys in high school, and I was devastated when a doctor wouldn't give me any more pills. I was devastated because now I'm getting all this attention, and I love how they're making me feel. And um, he was like, nope, you know, be on your way. So I had to, uh, you know, find other ways to maintain my weight loss. So um, at the same time, I started making friends with Laura Companions in school. I started going to a lot of ditching parties, and I got addicted to the feeling of these diet pills, and I started drinking a lot, and I started um, I started using drugs. I started using meth. And the reason why I started using meth was because um, one line went a long way for me. Like, I would do a line in the morning to maintain my weight loss, okay, because I swore I would not uh, gain weight. So... Um, so I started doing that, and then, um, and then I don't know how I found out about bulimia. And so I started to eat and throw up, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I found a solution, you know. Now I can eat all I want and get rid of it. And I swore this just became, like, it just became a habit for me. You know, if I wasn't using drugs and alcohol, I was using bulimia to get rid of my food. And... For me, like, I always, I always use something to check out, you know. I, I just, I didn't know how to deal with feelings, you know. I had, I had way too many feelings, and I didn't know how to, how to cope. And um, so that just kind of became, like, a way of life for me, you know. Use food or use drugs and alcohol. And um, so that was my routine. I would eat food and throw it up. And um, for years, for years I did that. 
So uh, eventually for me, what brought me into these rooms was um, I, I came into OA through um, Alcoholics Anonymous because I got sober because finally the drugs and alcohol became too much for me and I got sober um, in um, 2005. And well into sobriety, I was eating and throwing up. You know, I would be in the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I would just be thinking about, like, okay, I'm going to go through this drive-thru, I'm going to get A, B, and C, and then I'm going to get rid of it, you know. That's all that would be on my mind, like, just eating and, and throwing up. And, you know, because I still didn't know how to cope with my feelings, you know, and I had worked the steps in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, but, but um, I was suffering from this obsession of this food, you know, I didn't know how to stop eating all these high calorie foods, and so um, there was this woman in Alcoholics Anonymous, and she looked really happy, and she lost a lot of weight, and I was curious to what she was doing, and I asked her, and she told me about Overeaters Anonymous, and I was like, what's that? I can't believe I've never heard of it before, and uh, she told me about it, and, and um, by this time, my bulimia is getting really bad. Like, I'm starting to have a lot of problems with my esophagus. I was having really bad heartburn, you know. And so, I, you know, I finally got the courage to tell my doctor, which I can't believe I told somebody that I was bulimic. Because for me, being bulimic was, I had so much shame. So much shame of that disease, you know. Because it was such, such a, you know, it was, for me, you know, it was like, you know, I'd go in the bathroom, get rid of my food in the toilet. And, and for me, I was so ashamed of that, you know. And uh, But I just didn't know how to stop. Like, the minute I became, the minute I was, like, a little bit full, like, uh, my head would just trigger, and I would just go to the, straight to the bathroom. You know, I would tell myself, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And then something would trigger in my head, and I would just go and get rid of it. And um, so I finally told my doctor what I was doing, and she... She told me all, you know, how bad it was for me, and so I, um, I asked this girl in Alcoholics Anonymous what she was doing, and so I, bless you. Um, also, there's a friend that I had dinner with, and she's in these rooms, and I remember we went to dinner, or we went to lunch, and when the bill came, uh, they brought the bill out with two pieces of candy, and right away, my girlfriend, like, pushed it away. Like, she didn't even think about it. She just grabbed the bill and me. I was like, give me the candy. Like, you know, it was like, I was, like, crazed, you know. And I was so impressed that my girlfriend didn't even flinch. She, she like, it didn't even call to her, you know. And she was working a program in um, Overeaters Anonymous. And I was impressed by that, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to go to OA. I need, I need help, you know. So those were the two examples for me, you know, and if you think you're not an example, you are an example. You are so an example. You never know how you're going to touch people's lives, you know. And um, so I decided to come to OA, and I came to OA, and like the first two weeks, I did not get a sponsor. All right, I did not get a sponsor. I um, I wasn't ready. And so um, and then I would go. So I would come to me, and I would go home, and I would still eat and throw up. And so... Um, Finally, I got tired of, you know, coming to meetings and, and throwing up. So I I asked, um, I remember I asked two sponsors, and they were both full. Oh, my God, my feelings were so hurt. My feelings were so hurt. I can't tell you how hurt my feelings were. And so um, I am just so grateful that 
regardless of my feelings being hurt, that I was still willing to ask, like, a third person to sponsor me. I am so grateful that I just had enough little, enough of God's grace to ask for, you know, uh, someone else to, to help me. And, you know, because I hate rejection. Oh, my God, I hate it. You know, if, if I can avoid it, I, I, I do. So I asked a sponsor, and I would never have asked a sponsor, you know. But I knew that she doesn't say no. And so I, um, I had to take advantage of that, you know. And I was afraid of her. And um, I was afraid of her, but that's okay. Because, you know, I just needed someone to show me the way. Like, just show me how to stay abstinent, please, you know. Show me how to get through, like, life stuff and be abstinent, you know, not use food to cope with my feelings and problems and, and resentments and, and pain, you know, and even happiness, like, all those emotions, like, just show me. And so she gave me a couple of things to do, you know. She told me to... Um, go to a lot of OA meetings. She told me to get commitments at meetings. And then she gave me writing instructions, you know. And I, I've been really uh, well-trained in, in AA. So um, for me, I knew that by getting a sponsor, like, I had to commit and I had to be willing, you know, I had to be willing to do those things that I was doing in AA, you know. And for me, I, I come to over as an honest because I need the identification, that's, you know, I need to know that you're having a hard time, too, with your food, you know, because because I can't talk to people who are not in OA about my eating disorder. It absolutely drives me crazy. In fact, they make me want to overeat. <laughs> if I try to talk to a person who is not a compulsive overeater about my compulsive overeating, it makes me crazy. You know, my best friend. Oh, you just can't have one cookie? You're never going to have a cookie? You're never... And I was like, I learned my lesson, okay? So, you know, I have to come into these rooms so that I can identify with you guys, you know, and know that I'm not alone. That is the biggest blessing for me, that I know I am not alone here, you know? And um, so I started coming to meetings, and I, um, I started getting abstinence. Now, in the beginning, my abstinence, um, okay, so my abstinence is no throwing up no matter what. That's the bottom line. And my food plan has changed over time. My food plan today is three meals, two optional snacks, no flour and no sugar, no recreational sugar today. Okay, it hasn't always been that way. And um, in two weeks, I'm going to be six years abstinent as long as I stay, you know. And so, like I said, my food plan hasn't always been like that. My food plan has been really, really sloppy, really good. Uh, really, it depends how willing I am. That's how I'm, that, that's going to determine how my food plan looks, you know. So, um, so when I first got abstinent, I did not do it perfectly, all right? I did not do it perfectly. What I did do perfectly was I just did not throw up. And I came to OA meetings, and I called my sponsor, and I told her what was going on. And um, and I just I kept coming to meetings um, during my um, when I got abstinent I had to relearn how to eat I had to relearn everything you know because for me everything was associated with food you know and um, so I had to you know I asked a lot of questions 
and um, I started to find out what foods worked for me, you know. And the book says that I have to abstain for the foods that make me want to overeat, you know. And I've learned today I know what foods make me want to compulsively overeat, so I just don't eat them, you know. Um, you know, my sponsor might be able to have, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of candy, but just because she can doesn't mean I can. So, and that's okay, you know, because as long I know what works for me. So, um, I don't compare myself. You know, everybody's abstinence and food plan is different. I don't compare myself. But me being in OA as long as I have, I know what works for me. And so, um, so I had to do a lot of hard things in abstinence and very uncomfortable things, very uncomfortable things. I went through a divorce in abstinence, and I just remember feeling really sad and really bad really, really bad, and um, I remember when I left my my husband, I went and I lived with my sister. Now, before um, I got married, I lived with my mom for, like, my whole life, okay, because I don't know how to live on my own, okay? I don't know how to cope with life. I need somebody to take care of me, so I lived with my mom my whole life, and then I met my husband. In fact, I remember saying, the first decent man to marry me, I'm going to marry so that he can take me out of my crazy household, you know. And so I did. I found a really nice a nice man to take care of me. And so when, when I got sober and when I got abstinent and when I put the food down and started working the steps, I realized, I realized a lot of things like what I wanted in life, what I wasn't happy with. And I realized that I was in a very unhappy marriage because I had married him for all the wrong reasons, you know. So I, um, through working the steps, I just, you know, you find out all kinds of things about yourself, you know, because before I came in here, I didn't know what I liked. I had no clue, you know. And so um, I got this divorce, and I went and I lived with my sister. I rented a room from her. And during that time, I started traveling. And I started traveling all by myself to Europe. And um, I remember being so afraid to travel but I went anyways. Like, program has taught me that even though I'm afraid, like, I take the action anyways, you know. I do a lot of contrary action, and there's been so many little God shots along the way. Like, if I ever doubt that there is no God, let me tell you, he, he shows me. He shows up all the time for me, you know, and it's through, through you guys. You know, my gosh shows up for me through people, you know, and through experiences. And I remember traveling to uh, all these places, and um, and I swear God was with me every single step of the way, and I stayed abstinent. Oh, my God, I stayed abstinent. I went to Italy, and I thought, oh, my God. All I could think of was pasta and pizza, pasta and pizza, pasta and pizza. And you know what? They have salads there. <laughs> they have salads, and they have coffee bars. The coffee, oh, my God, the coffee was, like, the best, right? So I stayed abstinent. I took you guys with me. I took my literature with me, you know, and and I was able to stay abstinent through all that. So during the traveling, uh, my sister says to me, I'm giving you a six-month notice to start saving your money so you can move out on your own. Oh, my God, I was terrified when she told me this. And I was hurt. My feelings were really hurt, you know. I really loved living with her. She, she lived by the beach. It was, you know, a 12-minute commute for my work. She had a big house. I was a good roommate, you know. 
I was going to a meeting every night. I would, I, I would leave on the weekend so she could have her private time. If she had a date, I was a good roommate. I, I paid her on time, and she still asked me to leave. And not leave right away, but she gave me notice. And I swear to God, I thought that was the worst thing that could happen to me. So I told my sponsor, and she said, okay, Veronica, you know what you need to do. Start looking for a place. Start saving your money. So that meant I had to stop traveling. And um, so I did. I saved my money, and I, I, took a, I took my girlfriend from program with me to look at apartments because I had never lived on my own. I had never been self-supporting, right? And then I took another girlfriend with me to sign the one-year commitment lease. <laughs> oh, my God. Other than my sisters, I've never paid rent before, you know. So this is now a contract saying I'm going to pay. I have to pay on time for one whole year. I was terrified. So my girlfriend went with me to sign that lease. And um, I can't tell you, I love living on my own. And if it wasn't for my sister asking me to leave God was speaking to my sister so she can speak to me because if it were up to me I would still be living with my sister you know and I am I am so happy today that I took that leap of faith regardless of how afraid I was during that time I was so afraid you know and I remember my sponsor just keep telling me like you know just trust in God trust in God you know and by me taking that action of doing it anyways, that was, that was more faith that I started to acquire from God, you know. So I've had all these little great experiences that, that tell me that there, there, is a, there is a big God out there and he's taking care of me. Like, I am well taken care of in these rooms, but I have to seek him and I have to ask him to help me, you know. So I did that, um, I did that, and that was really hard, and I, I couldn't even sleep the first three months, you know, but that was okay because it was my own place, you know. I had abstinent food in the house. No, nobody can tell me when to wash a dish or how to wash a dish, you know, and, um, and I was learning to be a grown-up and stay abstinent, you know, and so I did that, and... Um, and I swear, I felt like I was on fire, all right? My food got super clean. I was on fire for AA. I was on fire for OA. And then, um, against everybody's suggestion, I, I met this guy in Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't even meet him. I just saw him. <laughs> all right? And I said, and I said to myself, you. You're going to be mine. I swear. I didn't know anything about him. I, I just said, I'm gonna, he's going to be mine. Right? So here starts this little obsession for me, you know, when this guy would walk in the rooms. So, um, so I remember um, I asked this guy to coffee. And... Uh, and so we had coffee, and then after the fact, I told my sponsor, like, I had coffee with this guy. He's new in AA. And, um, <laughs> and I had, like, seven years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I had seven years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I swore, I swore I would never, ever date a newcomer. Ever. Boy, was I wrong. Never say never. I've learned a program, never say never. Okay, never say never. 
because boy, boy, I paid a price. I, I paid a big price for that relationship. So uh, my sponsor told me, you know, um, I can't sponsor you if you want to date this guy. And I said, okay, well, thank you very much for your services. <laughs> I really appreciate everything you've done for me. She helped me so much in my divorce. I was like forever indebted to her. But this obsession was stronger than than I even knew I could have, honestly. So, um, so I decided to go out with this guy, and um, he turned out to be a chronic relapser. And so I was with them for two years, and during that time, I, al- I almost lost my abstinence. There were so many times where I swear I just wanted to eat and throw up just to make the pain go away, or to make the worry go away, or to make my anxiety go away. Because he was a newcomer, you know, I had a lot of food in my house that I normally wouldn't have. I had a lot of sugar in my house because, you know, he was like... Always relapsing, so he always needed sugar. And so, anyways, I just had all this food in my house that I normally would not have on my own, you know. And so, um, uh, my sponsor in OA at the time told me she would sponsor me in, in AA also. So, she started helping me out in both programs. And her only suggestion was, um, don't let him live with you. You know, that was her only suggestion. <laughs> because she knew I wasn't going to stop seeing him. And in fact, at one point, you know, she would suggest these things for me to do, and I just was not willing to take her suggestion. And I told her one day, I said, you know what, I'm not going to take your suggestion, and I'm not going to talk to you about him at all anymore. Right there, I, I, well, I took back my will way in the beginning. You know, I took back my will. And I was doing whatever Veronica wanted to do now, you know. And so... Um, so she was really hurt by me telling her that, you know. She's like, I can't believe I would never tell my sponsor that. And uh, I was like, I'm so sorry, you know, but that's, I'm just not going to talk to you about him anymore. And so um, I really had a hard time those two years, you know. So anyways, my food got super sloppy, and I I was going to like three OA meetings. I only went to one a week if I was lucky, Okay because I was chasing him, you know, making sure he was at his meetings, making sure he was doing what he needed to do, you know, checking his email, checking his texting, checking, 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 checking. And then I was, like, giving him a ride, because he didn't have a car. Okay. My God, it was so crazy. So, anyways, uh, so two years of this, um, the only thing I did perfectly was not throw up, you know. And I didn't leave. I didn't leave. And so finally, um, I realized that nothing was going to change in that relationship. He was not going to change. Things weren't going to change. And I was just tired, you know. I was tired of being in all that pain. And um, and I had avoided it because I didn't want to go through the pain of breaking up. That's why I stayed that long. Because I knew I was going to have all this pain. And so um, it was so funny because during my, my second attempt to breaking up, I attempted twice to break up. And the second attempt, time that I attempted to break up. So because of my disease of bulimia, I, I lived this really sheltered life, really really close-minded life. You know, my ex-husband would uh, fill out my voting ballot for me. Like, I was just really, really close, shallow life, right? And um, 
during my second breakup, my sister, I can't believe we're related, super successful lawyer, she told me she was running for city council of her city, and she wanted me to help her walk. And I didn't know what that meant, but I, I told her, okay. And then uh, it turns out that, you know, that meant going house to house and saying something nice about her and telling her, her neighbors to vote for her. And I remember when I found out what exactly it entailed, <laughs> I was so livid. I was so livid because I was so afraid. I was so afraid of going to strangers' homes, knocking on the door and telling them to vote for my sister because I'm not, I'm not current with any affairs. I don't know anything about what's going on. You know, I'm going to look stupid. I'm, you know, they're going to they're gonna reject me. And I remember telling my sponsor, like, do I have to do this? And she said, Veronica, if you have the time, then do it, you know? And thank God for sponsors, you know. I swear, my sponsor is the voice of reason. She's the voice of reason. So every weekend in October and November, I would go, and I would go down, and I would walk for her, you know. And she gave me a little st- uh, strip of what to say. And it was hard. It was so hard. But I did it anyways, even though I was terrified. And that experience really kind of <coughs> opened up my mind a little more, you know. And because I, was, because I didn't let fear take over, I got to um, have a little bit more faith in God. You know what I mean? Because I just felt so good after the fact. You know, I might, I might feel bad at first, you know, but after I do the commitment, I always feel better. I always do, you know. And so uh, she did really well in that run. You know, she came in first place. And I kind of feel like I had a little part in that, you know. So I'm so glad that I didn't let me being depressed from a breakup (laughs) keep me from helping my sister, you know. And um, I think that's why sponsorship for me is so, so important for me. Because I need you to just remind me to do the right thing, you know. I need to be reminded to the, do the right thing. On my own, I don't do the right thing. I don't always think of helping you. I don't always, you know, think of others. And so, you know, I, I have to do a lot of work, you know. So, but I've been trained that I talk to my sponsor and I tell her what's going on and, um, that I take contrary action, and that has saved me, oh, my gosh, over and over. And um, during that breakup, you know, I, I, I would go to meetings, and I would see him, and that my sponsor would be like, just fake it till you make it, you know. That has helped me in great stead, too, especially at work. Oh, my God, work. Um, I act so much, better than I, so much better than I feel at work all the time, you know, and... Uh, so anyway, so I was really happy just to take her suggestion, and I did that. And um, but eventually we did get back together. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so finally uh, I did end that relationship, and it was the hardest and most painful thing I've ever done in sobriety and in abstinence. I called my sponsor and I said, okay, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to take your suggestion. Tell me how to leave him. Tell me how to do this. I need, I need your help. She goes, are you sure you're ready? I said, yes, I am willing. Just tell me what to do. You know, I was ready and I was willing because I was in so much pain. And um, so she did, you know. Uh, during that time, I, I, just, I just threw myself more into program. You know, I, I went to more AA meetings. I went to more OA meetings. I took more OA commitments. I became a secretary of a meeting. I, um, I started sponsoring more. You know, because I had more time. Because now I'm not, you know, chasing after my my boyfriend. And um, I just filled my life with program. You know, and I did so much writing. Oh my God, every day. Because, you know, I have a part in everything that I do today. And it was really important for me to see my part in this relationship. You know, and so um, because I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. And. Um, so I did a lot of writing, and I cried every day, every single day, sometimes more than once. And that's, that's okay, you know, and my sponsor would just remind me, like, this would pass. And she told me, like, Veronica, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end when it comes to pain. It will pass. And I know, I, I trusted her because I saw her go through some pretty painful stuff, you know, and during that time, I just had to trust her. And I had to trust God, you know, and I talked to God all the time. I would ask God all the time, like, God, you know, take this pain away. Take this pain away. And um, also, when I was in that relationship, I would ask God, like, God, show me your will for me in this relationship. And he would show me, since I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't ready to be honest with myself, you know. And um, the pain from that relationship really kind of opened me up more, you know, like my heart's more open today, you know, I have way more empathy today for, for uh, pain or for people who are new or struggling or not even new, but just people who are struggling in general, like I have so much more compassion and empathy because I, I just remember the pain that I felt was like, I could, I didn't want to even breathe sometimes, like I would just be walking, I would go on these long, like four-mile walks on the beach, and I'm just be bawling. I'm at the most beautiful place, and I'm bawling, you know, at the beach. And so um, it's been a year and five months since I ended that relationship, and I have not dated uh, until two months ago. Okay, so now I'm back in the dating scene, and, and I'm really glad that I took all that time off. You know, some of my girlfriends were like, oh, you need to date. Oh, you need to just go, go out with guys, and I... And for me, like, that's not the answer for me. You know, I had to really, I had to really just exhaust all the pain that I was feeling, you know, because it wouldn't be fair to somebody else, you know. And for me, I know I would overeat over that, you know, if I'm going to try to use somebody else. I know I would overeat. And so, um, so that's, so today, you know, I, um, so yeah, I started dating like two months ago and, um, you know, and I'm doing online dating, and my sponsor told me to have a sense of humor about that, okay? And because my my problem is I get really obsessed, you know, really fast. Uh, so she told me to have a sense of humor. Like, if they don't call back, like, eh, brush it off, right, you know? Because, you know, like I said, like, I hate rejection. So... 
So I just have to be open to the experience, you know, and then I just I just run everything by her. I'm like letting her, you know, I'm letting God choose for me, you know, because, you know, through working the steps, I have like this, today, this gut instinct that I listen to, and I know it's God trying to talk to me, you know, my my, my intuition today, it's like, I, I, I know when, when good things are happening, because it feels good. When, when it's not God's will for me, it doesn't feel very good, it feels a little shady, you know, for example, like if I meet a guy and he wants to and he wants to meet me that same night, you know, at my house, like I know that's shady, right? Like, you know, I today I know. I'm not kidding, guys. <laughs> today I just know God's will because I'm listening to Him. Like I am so surrendered today. And for me, being in program has been a bunch of little, little surrenders along the way, you know, because I have to, like, I have to just keep myself in God's will today. And for me, that looks like um, being of service. Being of service is, like, one of the things that really fills me up. Like, it really fills my heart, you know. And before I got abstinent, I hated my mom. Oh, my God, because she represents, like, overeating, depression. Um, Her house is, like, uh, you know, she's not a hoarder, but, you know, close to it. And so, anyways, I I just really did not like my mom. And today, almost six years later, like, I love my mom. Like, I accept my mom for who she is. I love her unconditional, you know. And uh, my mom's an overeater. I've taken her to one meeting, and that's it. That's my job, you know. And the rest is up to her if she wants to come to this program, you know. Today, I have to just be a loving example today, you know. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to my mom about my problems, you know. I use you guys for that, you know, because my, my, I put my mom through a lot of, a lot of just scary stuff, you know, with my checking out always. And so um, I really honor my mom today by try to be a good daughter, you know, I try to spend, um, I try to visit her once a week, you know, and then I try to call her twice a week, and she gets so happy to hear from me, she's like so happy always to hear from me, and we have this great relationship because I don't live with her, you know, <laughs> and when I first got abstinent, like even calling my mom, it was like a hundred pound phone, and I would call her on my way to my meeting. I would say, hey, Mama, Mama, I'll wait to a meeting. So that way she knew I only had 10 minutes. <laughs> all right? So all these little things that I learned in program to how just cope. Because everything was, everything was so hard for me, you know, because of so many big feelings. But program has taught me, like, just how to deal with life on life's terms, you know. And um, everything has to do with me seeking God every day and trusting in God taking the action even though you know I don't know how this is going to help me by getting a secretary commitment how is that going to help me you know how is it going to help me to you know um, get someone a ride to a meeting how is it going to help me to let someone come to my house and you know read a third step or you know how are these things going to help me but they do somehow they just do you know and um, I love I love Overeaters Anonymous I can't believe that the obsession has been removed from me. 
I just can't believe it, you know. Because for me, like, throwing up was a way of life for me for years. For years. How does that happen? And then come here and almost in two weeks go willing to be six years abstinent, you know. I'm just so, so grateful uh, for these rooms, you know. And, um... All right. So, so I just want to I just want to let the newcomer uh, know that um, this is such a great program. You will get a whole new life here if you just stay. Thank you.